this, uh, well, I'll just mention that all three of us are going to share. And, um, and the reason for that is the last two days we have been up at Pittsburgh at the Anabaptist Disciples of Christ Ministers Assembly and have received some rich teaching there. And um, I have asked Ivan and Nate just to simply share some highlights from that. And uh, that's, so that's what we're going to be doing, and I will as well. And so we're all three going to share just some things that stood out to us over the last couple of days. The theme for uh, this event was pastoral currency, spend it wisely. And uh, Bill Mullet started out the service reading this parable that I read earlier. That was kind of the, the context. And then he passed around $1 coins for each one of us to just hold on to and, and to use uh, to remember as we reflect back on this weekend. How are we using, how are we investing the currency, the, the, the money that we've been given as servants of God? And so that, that was the theme of the weekend. We had uh, several different speakers. There, um, Steve Byler from uh, Harrisonburg had three sessions. He spoke on the coin of courtesy, the coin of collaboration, and uh, the coin of character. And then uh, Lonnie Beachy spoke on the coin of confidence. And then um, we wrapped up yesterday uh, with the coin of communication by Dr. John Stallworth from, he's uh, a gentleman from Pittsburgh. And so uh, we were blessed by these. Uh, Ivan, Nate, and I haven't even had a chance to compare notes, really. Uh, what stood out to us, there was about 150 people there, probably. And so uh, a lot of good interaction, just good fellowship there. And so um, we're going to um, hear from each of them, and uh, then I will wrap up. And I will tell Ivan is leading out, so he doesn't need to worry about repeating. But Nate, don't worry about repeating if there's something that stood out to you, and uh, I may do likewise. So uh, I'll turn the to time over to Ivan at this time. Well, sorry for the delay and the noise. Nicole is not feeling well, and I'm here without her, and Annika is not okay with being handed off. So anyway, that's where I was at, and hopefully she doesn't distract downstairs. Um. So like Dave said, uh, we got to spend a couple days at the conference and just very grateful for the chance to be there and to hear from, hear from different people and just very rich um, input. So thank you to the church for making that kind of thing, um, that kind of thing possible. As I was thinking about uh, what I wanted to talk about, I'm not going to walk through and report back on five different sessions as much as just kind of grab a few themes that um, I felt God speaking to me on and just talk a little bit about that, uh, those themes. Um, and so this is, what you will hear is not, well, this comes from session one and session two and session three. It's kind of, when you sit through five theme, five uh, topics, and this is kind of what, uh, what emerged out of that for me. Um, one of the themes that I just felt uh, highlighted and God speaking to me on um, throughout the conference is just, the importance of our character and our heart before the Lord. And really, that is what life is about, uh, both here and in eternity, is the character of God and what God is doing in us. 
and how much of that um, has to flow out of out of time with God and out of His Word and out of prayer. And while that is so basic, um, it's something that I have to go back to again and again and just find convicting of, you know, my character really is shaped. Um, Yes, it's shaped by what I hear, by other people, um, but it is largely shaped by God's Word and by prayer. Um, And that out of that, our character can be changed and then vision for our life can emerge um, from God's Word and from prayer and I would say, you know, thinking of the church context, um, that's the only way that the church will have purpose and vision is if it is birthed out of God speaking and out of his word and out of prayer of this is what we're about. This is what God's doing. This is where we're headed. Um, I realize how oriented I am towards getting things done as opposed to the more internal and character thing. Um, it's much more easier, easy for me to have a goal and a list of this is, these are the things that need done, here are the steps to get there, um, and how much of, of what God wants to do is in character. And then, yes, there are things that flow out of that, but it has to start with character first. Um, Steve Byler uh, spoke three of the five times, and I would say one of the things he highlighted is just the inner life and shared a lot of testimonies of things that he's been through and one of the, he said a couple of things that I uh, have just stuck with me. The inner life is what gives birth to action, and the inner orientation of the heart comes out in life. And the last statement is one um, you know, Jesus talks about it: out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the the inner orientation of our heart is what really comes out in our life, um, and that's what that's what directs our life. Um, and so that's, that's one that I want to pay attention to. Then um, one thing I should say is the theme of the conference came out of Philippians uh, loosely. And so that was also very interesting for me because it was passages that I'm just getting ready to cover. And so the, one of the uh, verses they talked about you know, was the whole thing of, of what to think about. And the idea that our thought patterns really are running our life. And you know, all of us have... We have a thought life, and it's going on all the time, um, 24-7. Um, you guys are sitting there thinking something. It may or may not be what I'm talking about. But all of us have, we all have thought patterns that are, and our thoughts are always going. And that really it is our thought patterns and what we believe that, that run the course of our life. And just, want, again, wanting to bring, to be aware of what I'm thinking, and then bringing it back to the Lord and to his word to allow him to change my thought patterns um, to to reflect his. Romans 12 talks about being transformed by the renewing of our mind. I think a lot of that is our our thought patterns. Um, What is it that we believe? So um, just want to encourage you, and I want to do this, to just take time to listen to what we're thinking. What is it that that we actually do think in situations and, and to be aware of it? And I think he was quoting somebody else, but he talked about arresting the stampeding horses of your mind. Can anybody else relate to sometimes your mind feels like a pack of stampeding horses and God wants us to, to arrest um, the pack of stampeding horses and bring it in line uh, with him and his word. Another thing that was very convicting to me on this, uh, they talked about solitude and silence and prayer and scripture is often what God changes, what God uses to change our thoughts. And 
I don't do super well at solitude. I have to work at that. I don't do super well at silence. I have to work at that. I have to work hard at prayer and have to work at scripture as well. Um, And so anyway, again, I just wanted to be reminded of that, that often God uses solitude and silence, two things that Ivan doesn't naturally like um, to help form me. And in all of this, in, in shaping our character, one of the things that I want to just remind us of is that it's not all about hard work that we're doing. It's actually God that is leading the way and changing us from the inside out. Um, he's changing our minds. He's inviting us to be, to be shaped like him. One of the statements that was made is that God cares more about developing the character of Christ in me than I actually do myself. And I think that is something to keep in mind, that God cares more deeply about the image and character of Christ, and he's actually more committed to it than I am. My commitment is fickle, um, and we talk about being fully committed, and that is necessary, um, but Christ's commitment to changing us um, is perfect and, and is even beyond the strength of our commitment. Um, and then we have, a, we have a personal God that is charting our course and changing our character. He's the one that's that's addressing us. Um, and then thinking a little bit about how this looks as a church is just, you know, each of us, God is, is working in our character. And then one of the ways he does that is through a body of believers. And that can happen, you know, through the exercise of spiritual gifts. Um, it, it happens by speaking the truth in love. And a Sunday morning is where we try to reorient our heart and our thoughts Um, to God and what he says, and that often happens through other people. On the thing of speaking the truth in love, and I'll just kind of throw this in, it's a little bit off topic, but one that I'm thinking about. Um, Steve was talking about, he said, there's two faces to truth. He says that it is just the truth as it is, period. But the second face of truth is the truth as I see it. And that does not mean that truth is relative, um, But we need to be aware that truth just is, and it stands on its own. But we have to admit that there are ways that I see it um, that may not be complete or accurate, and I need other people to help me with that. And so being aware of what's just true and what is true as I see it. Um, If you would, I would like to read out of 1 Timothy 4, um, 6 through 10 yet. 1 Timothy 4 was... um, was a passage that was was covered there, and I'll just just read um, five verses six through ten. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And just you know, the idea of um, there is profit in, in exercising and trying to live healthy. Um, it, there is a little, there is a little bit of profit in that, and it's good. It's good stewardship. We should do that. But then, just the reminder that we are to exercise ourselves to godliness, 
which it says is profitable in literally everything, and both now and in eternity. And then in verse 10, um, we have a living God that's the Savior of all men, and he's the one that's at work in our hearts and changing our character and, and drawing us to himself and, and uh, creating his image in us. So that's um, a little bit what I am thinking after listening through a lot of good, good preaching and teaching. Um, and again, just want to, to be reminded of spending time with God and the things that he uses to change my character. And that character really is what counts in the end. Thanks. It was a privilege to uh, attend the ADC assembly. I want to say thank you to all. We we really enjoyed it. Ann and I were very glad uh, that we were able to take that in. I found it very encouraging to meet with with other pe- people from other places who are seeking the Lord. And uh, churches very much like ours, and uh, just together seek the Lord and, and hear from his word. <clears throat> One of the things that I can't pin this to a certain, uh, to a certain uh, topic, one of the things that stood out to me, I would say in the first half maybe of, the, of our time at the ADC assembly was uh, what a privilege it is to be a part of the bride of Christ. We are part of the bride of Jesus Christ. And I think sometimes I can lose sight of that in day-to-day life and struggles. And it was a good reminder for me uh, just to recognize what a privilege it is and what a privilege to to care for others in the bride of Christ. God must be, the Holy Spirit must be working on uh, some of the same things in Ivan and I. <laughs> I would say a lot of uh, the things that stood out to him also stood out to me. The, um, I felt like the first, the first half of my time there, there was so much good stuff coming my way. It was like uh, trying to drink from a fire hydrant. Uh, and you get really wet, but you don't really take a lot in. Uh, that's how it felt to me like it was just going by. And the last, the last two sessions, uh, last two topics, I felt like stuck with me a, l- a little more. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to just turn, Ivan mentioned a, all of the topics were taken from uh, Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read uh, Philippians 4, 4 through 9. They're very familiar verses. I think it's good for for us to hear them again. Philippians chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, 
whatever things are of good report. If there is any virtue, and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The the last two uh, topics were uh, coin of character, as Dave mentioned by Steve Byler from Harrisonburg, and then the the last one was, now his name just escaped me. Thank you, Dr. John Stalwart from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, spoke on the coin of communication. Um, Actually, I, I found it interesting how each of these five different, the different topics overlapped. And it was neat just to see how much overlap there was between the different uh, subjects there. And I really saw that in the, in the last two. Um, last two were taken from the last two verses, uh, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. I was also struck with the passage from 1 Timothy. I'm not going to read that since Ivan just read it. Um, just want to note one thing in in verse 7 of 1 Timothy chapter 4, it says, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself toward godliness. That's one of the things that really stood out to me personally was the need to exercise myself toward godliness. Now, I had to think right away of uh, following my surgery this summer. I had to lay around and I, I couldn't lift anything more than five pounds for six weeks. Well, if you do that for six weeks, you lose a lot of muscle. And I wasn't working much before that from being sick. So I, I lost weight, lost muscle. And so following the surgery, I wanted to do something to get muscle back because I wanted to get out and work. And if you go straight out and work, going to injure yourself. So I got, uh, I contacted my cousin. He gave me exercises to do to build muscle. And at first I was excited about this. Hey, this is great. I'm going to get muscle back. I'm doing this. And I'm feeling really good about it. Well, you get a couple weeks down the road and it's no longer exciting to do exercises. I think you know what it's like. I Then it got to be a drag. I didn't want to do it. And the thing that kept motivating me was I really want to be working. I want to provide for my family. If it hadn't been for that, I would have wanted to quit. Exercise is hard work. It takes self-discipline. And the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me about exercising myself, not not just physically, but exercise toward godliness, God-likeness, becoming more like my creator and redeemer. That's his goal for each one of us. Now that can sound that can sound discouraging to think, okay, gotta exercise, gotta exercise. But I the Lord reminded me of a another verse in Philippians, Philippians chapter two, actually verses twelve and thirteen. Talks about working out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Then verse thirteen, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's God that works in me. It's God that can change me. If it's up to Nate, 
I'm hopeless. But God can work. And if I'm willing to cooperate with him, if I will put energy into it, put hard work into it, God is the one who makes it happen. God wants to conform me and you into the image of his son, the Lord Jesus. In the last, uh, the last topic at, uh, at ADC was Dr. John Stalwart spoke on the coin of communication, and he actually ended up crossing over, back, going back to character, speaking about character, how important it is that we don't just communicate with what we say, but with what we do. My actions have to line up with what I say. If, if I say one thing and I do another, I'm a hypocrite. He gave us, uh, talked about leadership beginning with trust and being trustworthy people. He gave six character habits that I just, I want to mention briefly this morning. Six things that I plan to go back and and look at um, repeatedly. Six character habits. Number one, tell the truth. That's pretty simple. We all know that. But it's so easy to fudge on the truth or tell part of the truth. And it's so important not to do that. Lying begins, quote, innocently. For instance, come in to a meeting late. Oh, sorry, I'm late. Boy, the traffic's bad. Traffic's really bad. Well, it's easy to say that around here. The traffic often is bad. But is that really the reason I was late? Or was I late because I left my house late? I, was it my fault the time I left? Then it's not honest for me to blame it on the traffic. Just simple, small things, but small things are important. So character habit number one, telling the truth. Number two, be as you seem. Live out the values that I talk. If I say I'm for family, then spend time with them. Character habit number three is keeping your word. It's very simple. If you say you'll do it, then make sure you do it. Make sure you follow through and it happens. He had a suggestion to keep an unfulfilled promise log. He said he he writes down. When he promises to do something, he writes it down, and he goes back regularly and checks. And keep, said his goal is to keep that log very short. In other words, he's doing but he said he would. I want to do that. The fourth one was to accept correction. If you were wrong, admit you were wrong. He said it's a very simple thing to do, and here's how. I was wrong. <laughs> it's, those are very hard words to say. We don't like to admit it, but... It's important that when we are wrong, we do say it. We own that, ask for forgiveness, move on. After uh, following this topic, 
Bill Mullet got up and joked that uh, he, it's really hard for him to say that he's wrong. He doesn't like saying he's wrong. So in his marriage, he just tells his wife, you were right. <laughs> Better than saying I was wrong. <laughs> I guess that's a positive spin on it, but <clears throat> accept correction. Number five is take responsibility. If you're a leader, be responsible. Say, pointing to others and making excuses isn't. It erodes trust. It's not okay. So take responsibility. Number six, giving proper credit. If, if someone else, if it was someone else's idea, give them credit for it. Don't take credit for what others, someone else's creativity. So those were the six things that uh, Dr. John Stallward highlighted as character habits, and they're habits that I want to practice in my life. And thanks again for uh, making it possible for us to go to the ADC assembly. I really enjoyed it. Before I go into any of the topics here, I want to take this opportunity to actually uh, share a conversation that I had. Um, I had breakfast with uh, Mervyn Anime King on Friday morning, and uh, they are the couple that was their family that was in Puerto Rico when we were down there uh, helping out a couple years ago. They've since moved back to Pennsylvania, and he's been ordained. Um, so they were there and chatting with them, and there was somebody else sitting there. I don't even remember who, but we're talking about it. And like, how do you all know each other? And he said, well, we were down in Puerto Rico and, and so forth. And Merv said, just last week, our girls were talking about you guys. Uh, it, just, it, was, it was a good memory. And he said, that I'm not bragging, but looking back, your group was the best group that we ever had and we had the best time that week and it's like uh your group is special to our family and they want to come down and visit sometime but i was like i the church should hear that 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 was meaningful to them and uh, and uh brian and simon and joseph aren't here this morning to hear that but if we can communicate that to them anyway um, that would be great <clears throat> i would echo the stuff that hit that Ivan and Nate talked about certainly struck chords with me as well. Um, the one, the one thing that I, I will just say, like for Steve's topics, he's talked about them as concentric circles, like circles within each other. So you started with the circle of courtesy, uh, the point of courtesy, which is how we relate to other people, and especially those in the church, but everyone, how we relate to others. Then the circle of collaboration, the coin of collaboration, is how you relate to the team, uh, your ministry team in particular, and then the coin of character, which is your, your inner being. And it's really out of who you are as a person, out of your inner being, that the other two are possible. Uh, it flows out of that. It's not something that is apart from that. And I thought that was a good way of thinking about that. The emphasis on Jesus being the head of the church, over and over, that was emphasized. It's not, it's not about us. It's, it, it's, Jesus is at work, 
and can we come alongside and work with Jesus? Um, we don't always know what he's what Jesus is attempting to work out in our congregations, but he does. And can we come alongside that and um, and work with him? Also, the idea that um, in Ephesians four it talks about unity as well as holiness, and somehow those those need to come together. It's both unity and holiness. A lot of churches, when you look around, focus on unity at the expense of holiness, how we live our lives, or how we live our lives at the expense of unity. And it's, it's both. Uh, it's unity and holiness and bringing that together. One of the, maybe the more convicting phrases that, or questions that was we were challenged with is, how much time does your team spend together in the word and in prayer? And that's out of Acts 6, verse 4 says, but we will devote ourselves to the prayer and ministry of the word. And that was when the uh, deacons were being ordained there rather than serving tables. And so how much time of our time is devoted to prayer and ministry of the word versus doing other things? those things that get in the way that hinder us from that. And uh, that's, that's an ongoing challenge uh, for me personally. This isn't an exact quote because I was jotting it down, but it was something to this effect that churches led from the margins of time, meaning just with the extra time that we have, will probably remain on the margins of effectiveness. And that's something to just uh, to think about. Churches led from the margins of time will probably remain on the margins of effectiveness. Um, one of the things with the character, it's like, who am I really? Who, re yeah, who am I really? And it's the idea of becoming what God wants me to be, rather than doing. It's it's on uh, our character rather than productivity. And it's our inner being that dictates our responses in circumstances. And he uses, I never thought about this, but the three crosses on Calvary. They're being, experiencing exactly the same thing. The one man was cursing. The one man was repentant. And the other man was demonstrating perfect love in the face of total injustice. And so it isn't, it isn't what you face, it's, it's how you, what comes out from your inner man. And another thing, he, uh, I don't know that he said it's quite the same, but it, if, if you kind of substitute the word or interchange the word character and godliness, it kind of brings perspective. Like when you read about godliness, think about it in terms of character. When you read about character, think about it in terms of godliness, becoming more and more like God. 1 Timothy 4 definitely spoke to all three of us. Um, I'm going to read verses 11 to 16. So there's the emphasis on the training part, the, the importance of exercising yourself to godliness and so forth. Uh, the way Steve put this is that there's training required. There is intense 
and intentional training required. And he kept throwing out a number, and I have no idea what he based it on, but it certainly is sobering, especially. It's like, it's going to take 10,000 hours of training for you to become what God wants you to be. Uh, and I don't know what that was based on, but, but the, it, it communicated very vividly that it's going to take a long time and a lot of investment of time. But just look at the imperatives, the commands given in verses 11 uh, through 16. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set an example. Set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching, do not neglect the gift that you have, for it was given you by prophecy when the council of the elders laid hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Um, it's just a huge, just a lot required, a lot expected, a lot uh, of training in an ongoing way. Uh, Lonnie talked in the coin of confidence uh, about anxiety. I mean, it was from those verses in Philippians 4. Um, he stated that worry and anxiety is not of faith. And said, in fact, it will wreck your faith. Um, so be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. What is, how do we respond to anxiety and worry and, and fear? He says it has to be that our identity is in Jesus Christ, our chief shepherd. We can't worry about everything that's going on that we don't have control over, that bothers us but we have to rest in the fact that Christ is our chief shepherd, that he's, he's got things. We need to do what we can, but we cannot uh, worry. That. It's his church. It's not ours. It's all about him. It's about accomplishing what he wants to accomplish. Um, it's coming alongside him and deeply trusting him. It's about trust. When we, don't, when we have anxiety and worry, that's actually saying that we don't trust Jesus. Instead of that fear and worry and anxiety, we can have confidence. And um, that was good to hear. And then um, Nate commented on the six characteristics that John covered there at the end. But he also mentioned that, you know, we have to repeat what we already know again and again. And we see that throughout Scripture. And he said, there's three, three reasons we have to do this, and I'm not sure that I have it quite right, but the essence of this is that, number one, we forget. We just have to hear it again and again and again. We're very forgetful. Secondly, we need to hear the important things because we tend to become preoccupied with secondary things. We start focusing on things that don't matter as much as the things that we should be focusing on. And then thirdly, is that we tend to live in the present and we almost forget 
that the next generation also needs to get a grasp and own these things as well. And so that's another reason we need to repeat and repeat and repeat what we say and say it again and again and again. It's, it it's doesn't get old or I mean, it needs to be said. Then he also commented along the line of that the root of discipleship is speaking truth. Um, that it's about uh, communicating truth to those uh, that we come in contact with. And really the essence of that communication, he didn't talk about technique, he didn't talk about all of that stuff, but he said it really boils down to when our closing the gap between what we say and what we do, bringing those together. And when those are together, what you say will be effective. It will communicate. And uh, that, was, that was really the emphasis there. It was a very rich couple of days and uh, intense, um, but a huge blessing. And I, too, want to just thank the congregation for, for making that possible uh, for us. Just curious if anything else popped into Ivan or Nate's mind that you'd like to just add yet that you thought of since you're sitting there. I'm going to lay this brochure in the back. You can take a look at it. Um, and see uh, in a little bit more detail what the topics were and so forth. Let's stand together for benediction. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen.